Introduction of an Inaugural Dissertation on Pulmonary Consumption by Edward Delafield. This is a LibreVox recording. All LibreVox recordings in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibreVox.org. An Inaugural Dissertation on Pulmonary Consumption. Introduction. An Inaugural Dissertation on Pulmonary Consumption by Edward Delafield, printed in the year 1816 by John Forbes and Co., 78 Wall Street. To Samuel Burrow, M.D., one of the surgeons of the New York Hospital. This dissertation is dedicated as a testimony of gratitude for the many valuable practical lessons. Received from him by his friend and pupil, Edward Delafield. Introductory quotation. For want of timely care, millions have died of medical wounds. Armstrong. Introduction. The attention of physicians has for several years past been excited to the consideration of that inveterate enemy of the human race, the consumption. Several works have been published, new remedies proposed, and the practice of former physicians revived with modifications and amendments in the treatment of this disease. At one period, consumption has been so long considered without the reach of remedies that it had almost ceased to excite the inquiries of the learned in medicine. Fortunately, however, the spirit of inquiry has revived, and it is believed that the treatment of this dreadful malady has been so far improved that many are rescued from its grasp, and the sufferings of those who are still its victims are materially mitigated. Notwithstanding, it appears that in this city the mortality from consumption has increased rapidly of late years. Formerly, its climate was considered remarkably salubrious, and diseases of the lungs were rare. Lieutenant Governor Colden, in a series of remarks on the climate and diseases of New York, made 70 years ago, has the following observations. Quote, the air of the country being almost always clear, and its springs strong, be a few consumptions or diseases of the lungs. People inclined to be consumptive in England are often perfectly cured by our fine air. But if there be ulcers formed, they die. The climate grows every day better, as the country is cleared of the woods, and more healthy, as all the people that have lived long here testify. This has even been sensible to me, though I have lived but about twelve years in this country. I therefore doubt not, but it will in time become one of the most agreeable and healthy climates on the face of the earth. End quote. These anticipations have not been realised, but, on the contrary, consumption has become the prevailing disease of our city. The causes of this increase of the disease are numerous. We are told by Dr. Rush that it is unknown among the Indians of North America that it is scarcely known by those citizens of the United States who live in the first stage of civilised life and are generally called the first settlers, that it is less common in country places than in cities and increases in both with intemperate and sedentary modes of life, that ship and house carpenters, smiths, and all those artificers whose businesses require great exertion of strength in the open air, in all seasons of the year, are less subject to this disease than men who work under cover, and at occupations which do not require the constant action of their lungs. By applying these facts to the situation of this city, the causes which have produced the increased mortality from consumption become evident. 1. The growth of the city, and consequent state of the atmosphere, most distant from that of the pure air of the country. 2. The increase of all those causes which have enervated the bodies of men and rendered them more susceptible to the influence of a variable climate. Among these are augmentation of wealth and consequently luxury, increased dissipation with its accompaniment, imprudence in dress and extension of manufactures affording greater opportunity for sedentary employments and exposure to an insalubrious atmosphere. In general, the causes are all those circumstances which tend to remove man furthest from that situation in which the body is possessed of the greatest vigour and, of course, least subject to disease, that of the savage. In proportion as the city is enlarged, these causes have continued to increase, and probably still will do so, but in Great Britain they appear already to have attained their acme, 
and as a consequence of the improvements in medicine, the cause is not increasing, the disease is on the decline. The following statements will show the proportion which the number of those who die from consumption bears to the whole number of deaths in this city during the last 12 years, 1805 to 1815. In 1804, of the 2,125 total number of deaths, 499 persons, 1 in 4.25, died from consumption. In 1805, of the 2,352 total number of deaths, 462 persons, 1 in 5.09, died from consumption. In 1806, of the 2,225 total number of deaths, 354 persons, 1 in 6.28, died from consumption. In 1807, of the 2,312 total number of deaths, 464 persons, 1 in 4.94 died from consumption. In 1808, of the 2,014 total number of deaths, 429 persons, 1 in 4.69 died from consumption. In 1809, of the 2,108 total number of deaths, 413 persons, 1 in 5.1 died from consumption. In 1810, of the 2,158 total number of deaths, 469 persons, 1 in 3.79 died from consumption. In 1811, of the 2,525 total number of deaths, 595 persons, 1 in 4.24 died from consumption. In 1812, of the 2,553 total number of deaths, 669 persons, 1 in 3.81 died from consumption. In 1813, of the 2,229 total number of deaths, 562 persons, 1 in 3.96 died from consumption. In 1814, of the 2,507 total number of deaths, 618 persons, 1 in 4.04 died from consumption. In 1815, of the 1,974 total number of deaths, 572 persons, 1 in 3.8 died from consumption. From these statements, it appears that the number of deaths from consumption has gradually increased. The average proportion during the period mentioned is as 1 to 4.36. Nearly one-fourth of all those who die in this city are destroyed by this fatal disease. These facts prove indeed that the power of medicine has little control over so destructive a malady, but it should not therefore paralyse our exertions. From what has been done already, in improving our knowledge of its nature and treatment, a hope may be indulged that consumption may one day, like many other maladies formerly deemed incurable, be placed no longer among that number. End of introduction. Read by Inkel.